tonight's episode, The Ripoff. GearWebsites.com is your source for firearms-based playing cards and books. We also have mugs, shirts, and posters with designs that we've made live. Of course, we have patches. Every Friday is Free Patch Friday. We appreciate your support. Thank you for shopping at GearWebsites.com. It's 11.59 at Radio Free America, and this is Uncle Sam with Music and the Truth Until Dawn. Right now, I've got a few words for some of our brothers and sisters in the occupied zone. The chair is against the wall. The chair is against the wall. John has a long mustache. John has a long mustache. It's 12 o'clock, Americans, another day closer to victory. And for all of you out there on or behind the lines, this is your song. And welcome, everybody, to our Daily Gun Show. Come to you live every weeknight at midnight Eastern, and we talk about guns for an hour. We don't always have it locked on that slide, but sometimes we do. And uh, let's see, that's uh, every weeknight at midnight, we go live for about an hour. So that means that uh, for 1,440, 50 something episodes, we've been uh, gone live. So it's since early 2016, when this dude from Canada came down to the United States in order to constitutionally carry in Arizona, which had been the uh, style of the time since 2010, since January, July 30th of 2010. Anybody who is legally able to own a firearm in Arizona can carry constitutionally. So Bob came down, got a hunting permit, hunting license, you could say, and then started to carry. And uh, we decided to start doing a podcast. Uh, travel around a little bit, uh, started to call the travelings that I do, the Gun Show Loophole Tour, and the rest is history. 1,400 episodes later, I'm not just doing this for the fame and fortune because there's no fame and I don't seek fame, and unfortunately there's no fortune yet, but it will eventually get some fortune. But, um, oh, Jacob sending some patches right on. Appreciate that. So, um you know, I don't remember, somewhere around episode 1,000, let's say. When you do a 1,000 episodes of a podcast, you know how it is. You start to think, why am I doing this? What's the point of this? So I decided to give it some intent. It's my nature. So we, uh, we're attempting to accomplish some things with this show. Uh, first, on Mondays, we talk about what it's like to be an activist, right? Somebody who has an interest in being part of the Second Amendment community and normalizing firearms ownership who on people who understand that that's an important facet important uh i don't want to say obligation or responsibility but it's an important opportunity for firearms owners something that we can do if we choose to and there's great value in it so on mondays we focus on that tuesdays it's all about 2a and you know we'll talk about how long the show is in a moment but Ideally, we'd really spend some time on 2A, doing things like updating the Every Second Matters project, updating Minuteman University and that kind of stuff. On Wednesdays, since we've been working the first two days on keeping people motivated and talking about what we should talk about, we uh, have some fun and we talk about firearms and our pop culture and our community and uh, our society. And then we do the tactical quiz. We have some fun on, uh, we make up a new tactical quiz every week and we try to uh, have some fun while we're, you know, exercising um, uh, our memories and 
our uh, relationship with firearms. Then on Thursdays, we talk about travel. We talk about training. We've been traveling for guns and stuff since almost full-time since 2012. I can't say full-time, but every single year since 2012, we've done, actually since 2009, actually since before that even. But, uh, you know, many trips each year, really since 2012 or 10 or something, if you start counting NRA shows and things like that. Shot show, I can't count because we've been doing that for a while, but if you count things besides SHOT Show, we started doing that way back in 2009, really, when we started flying around to different events. And it's been a big part of our projects and something that I personally enjoy. I enjoy the different ways of traveling and the, this country. We have a freaking awesome country. So um, we talk about travel, and there's you know many, many gun shops, 200-plus gun shops, 33-plus firearms museums so far. There's many more to come. Uh, many ranges, and then, of course, industry events and community events, different two-way rallies and that kind of stuff. So we talk about those travel things, our experiences and the, um, the stuff that we've seen when we're traveling, and then training. I've been uh, going to firearms training, I guess, a long, 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 long time, if you count like just being a kid and going to hunter safety courses and then military, I guess. But when you get into... Um, just personal or private life or whatever you want to call it, like civilian life. Somewhere when we started taking pictures and putting them online for gun stuff, I started asking about, what are you doing at this range with these cars? That's interesting. And I asked that to a little company called Tactical Response way back in like 2004, something like that. Maybe it was earlier than that. And, and they said, come on out and take a look. And I was like, oh, yeah, yeah, whatever. And then I was minding my business. We had a forum and I, uh, some guy came in and started spamming the forum about front sight. And I was like, hey, man, what are you doing? Put, quit spamming my forum. And he's like, oh, no, we, want, we think front sight's so good. You should come out. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, we're not buying nothing. You know, keep moving. Move it along, along, buddy. And then he goes, no, come on out. And he invited us out for, I don't know how long that first time, like a week. And we spent a week out in Prump, Nevada, hanging out at front sight experience in the different courses and the different um, resources they had available there on the middle of the desert. Front site just got bought by some other group right now. But anyway, that was back in the day. And then I was hooked. I was like, oh, I get what firearms training is now. This is pretty neat. And front site was sort of a resort almost. So it was a bit weird. Uh, it's run by a guy who everybody complained about. So uh, it was definitely an experience, but it was an experience. It got me interested. So then I went back to Tucson and said, Hey, you know, remember you invited me to go check out these, this training around these cars and stuff. I'd really like to check that out. And uh, in technical response, Jaeger was like, yeah, come on down. And uh, that's when I started to experience what firearms training can be and the, the mindset behind it. And uh, started to uh, really enjoy that. I went to lots and lots of classes. I think I enjoy, well, I know I enjoy the experience more than the actual education. Um, to some extent, people can consider it unnecessary or extreme, but it doesn't matter. It's happening and it's available. And in 2022, it's one of the coolest things about the military surplus, um, or one of the coolest aspects of military surplus is the training and the tactics that come out of the advanced nature of the way that we have small unit tactics now. So there's a lot of interesting stuff that comes out of that and it's developing quickly. And the people that learn it, learn it from civilians and they apply it in reality and then they bring it back and then become the next level of instructors and then that gets enhanced. 
it's really fascinating we start to take a look at it so seeing all that start and we never knew what the how long that would be lasting and it was definitely different than the 1990s so it was great to experience in the early 2000s little did we know we were experiencing the beginning of a 20-year evolution of training so while my my personal interaction with it ended when Haas started doing stuff in 12 and I was like, good, you can I pass the baton on to you. I'll just live through your coverage of the training and I don't have to go keep shooting all the time and wasting ammo because uh, I wasn't as interested in the training, like I say, as the experiences. So um, anyway, the training is interesting and it's such a divided, divisive thing. So many people hate training. So many people, you know, just spit in their mouth when they hear about training. And it's sad because it's really the same way that some people spit when they hear about revolvers and there's no need for them. Revolvers are kind of neat. And uh, you don't have to use them for everything, but for certain things, they're the only thing you can use. And then in other ways, they're just some of the more interesting things out there. So it's the same way with training. It's not necessary for everybody to do everything, but it's ridiculous for some people to just have a, such a negative opinion of it. So because of that, I spend a whole day Thursday talking about those things, travel and training. Fridays, we spend the uh, day or the show talking about other people's projects, what other people have talked about what they focused on. Uh, we summarize it, uh, offer some links to things that are valid, things that are decent projects that are doing good work, things that you may not have heard about, things that deserve more attention or reach or coverage so that we can give people a quick summary, a uh, you know, summary of what happened that week of other people's efforts and you know where we're at. We also do that here on the YouTube as a live show for people that enjoy the live stuff. As I mentioned, we do this at midnight, so it's the people that enjoy being up in the middle of the night to listen to this. But then it, re it um, becomes, uh, it um, renders into a, a video. So it just becomes a video on our YouTube channel. We take that video though and we repost it on multiple platforms so that the summary of the week's Second Amendment focused content is available on all those different platforms. Some of it is YouTube content, but a lot of it is from uh, other sources, blogs and uh, different social platforms that people are using to get the word out there. And that that's done to, to put links out there to give those projects more reach and more coverage, but also to help archive it so that that information, that weekly um, update is uh, on as many platforms as possible. So as many people can see it and so that it never disappears from the internet. And hopefully it can be as productive as possible with all that cross-linking and everything. So that's Friday, and we do that uh, again in the middle of the night. We start this thing at midnight Eastern, and our goal would be to emulate the Art Bell show. I grew up listening to Art Bell, always dug the fact that Art was up in the middle of the night doing a long format show, talking about whatever he kind of felt like. A lot of it was weird, but it would also be interesting, and it would open people's awareness of what else is out there. You didn't have to agree with everything you hear, but you can understand the diversity and the depth that's out there, the number of facets that we have. When people are trying to marginalize something, they want to make it as, as small as possible. They want to make it as black and white and uh, as negative as possible. So the counteract, one of the ways to counter that is to uh, normalize, to show how um, you know diverse something is. And that's the kind of project we're trying to create is something that we can go long format in the middle of the night where nobody else is trying to compete for the time slot and just dig in. I'm able to give a summary of what I'd like to do because I can effort, you know, an hour or so each night, but eventually we'd like to spend, you know, some real time 
digging into this. So we're doing some things to make that possible. Uh, we appreciate the people who subscribe to our projects. If you'll notice, there's a scroll at the bottom of the screen saying Patreons make it possible for us to spend the time on projects like these. And we're able to do that without ads, without any preference. I can talk freely about you know the things that we're gonna talk about tonight. And I can focus on the things that are important and not the things that you know pay the bills. So it's much more than appreciated that the Patreons allow us to do that. Unfortunately, uh, you know, the, the economy and everything else, probably the amount of uh, core production value and the, the focus on 2A and none of the other stuff has uh, uh, created, you know, more and more, uh, well, less and less uh, resources coming in from that angle. So, you know, we're doing what we can do, but we do appreciate the people that uh, support it and make it possible for us to do this. Right. So with that, we're going to dig in on Tuesday today with uh, the beginning of the show, at least with our sec with our uh, Instagram channel. Uh, I follow a bunch of stuff on Instagram. It's probably the second platform. It's the platform I look at or use second most next to YouTube, uh, maybe third most if you count just the Internet in general. I do quite a bit of just plain old Internet looking around. Uh, I try not to get my information solely from one source or, you know, just social platforms as a source. So, uh, you know, whenever I can, I'll jump out and check out things on other sources out there. But for now, we're taking a look at the recent posts that we've clicked on or saved in our uh, Instagram feed over here. But these are all posts from other people. So we'll go back about a week and we'll uh, kind of comment on them and offer some commentary and uh, with that, offer some version of a 2A Tuesday. I'm not sure when we stopped last week. So I'm going to start with Bannerman Castle and see where that is. Seven days ago, I guess that's pretty good. Seven days, seven days, seven days, seven days, seven days. Well, we just had these auctions, so let's start here. So our friends up in Phoenix who do the AZ Firearms auctions and the Pot of Gold auctions have a giant auction on the 5th of each year uh, in December. Sorry, the 5th of December each year, just after the giant gun show that happens in Phoenix. And I didn't get up to the gun show, unfortunately, but uh, I did have a couple of items in the auction, and I do appreciate the people that uh, purchase stuff from the auction. If you're listening and you're a Patreon or a channel member or just someone that we know that's been listening, let me know, get with me. And if you're trying to create a collection there, if you're trying to create a build, you know, I'll let you know if I've got anything else I can help. So I do appreciate the people that were able to purchase stuff at the auction. It was a lot of fun. We went live both yesterday and this evening. But yeah, it was this evening uh, to kind of watch the auctions go down live. Cape Gunworks, um, gun shop out in California, in Massachusetts, a gun shop and range out in Massachusetts, posted a cool thing earlier this week about what should they put on their marquee, on their sign out by the road. I thought that was pretty cool. Great way to get some uh, interaction with their uh, Instagram audience. And they ended up getting quite a few good results there. I guess I could mention a couple of them. I don't know if I talked about these last week or not. 2A is here to stay. 2A, come grab a piece. Uh, the little pew-pew is good for the juju. Elmer Fund got his rifle here. You should, too. Go ahead, make my Christmas. I thought that was pretty good. T-Rex, small arms dealer. And then Pro 2A, all day. 
those are pretty good. All right, next up is Goal, Get Out, wait, no, Gun Owners, Get Out and Live is a guy that used to be a YouTube channel. I don't know if that guy's still around. Uh, Goal, Massachusetts, though, is the Gun Owners Action League of Massachusetts. And this says that the Massachusetts Department of Public Health reports latest data shows that homicides have increased by 111% uh, but since the passage of the 1998 Gun Control Act. So they had a 1998 Gun Control Act, which I believe was uh, the one that they always complain about that uh, they still have to deal with, where everybody else in the country, it expired in 2004. Uh, theirs went permanent in 98 and has just been permanent. But it says since then, their homicide rate has doubled, more than doubled, actually. So um, that shows you in a visual way that if the laws were enacted, you'd expect the laws were enacted in order to prevent crime. You would think that the crime would go down. In fact, it went the other way, which would indicate that not only are the laws ineffective, but they're actually potentially the cause of the increase. Considering, especially since the rest of the country, it does not follow that trend. Uh, so let's see, this was from earlier this week and this week was Giving Tuesday. Wow, was that this week? That's it. Wait, that was last week. So this was the last week, and it was Giving Tuesday. Um, so this was uh, from Pets for Vets, really cool organization that uh, um, well, they post stuff on Instagram, but mainly they uh, what's the word? They place animals with veterans to help the veterans out, and they probably help the animals out too. This is a view of Bannerman Castle, what it would look like if I could get a drone out there and they'd let me fly a drone around. I'd probably do something like this. So probably cooler, somehow more interesting and I'd do some kind of cool maneuver, but uh, pretty good. This guy's luring it over everybody that he gets to fly a drone around Bannerman Castle. That has to be, a, definitely, I would consider that one of my things I'd like to do for sure. Uh, Autoloader is Moon Food from back in the Gun Channel's days and uh, still out there posting pictures all the time. Um, he knows how to make the uh, the picture that the Instagram likes much, you know, he's a big fan of. Now, he's usually got his watermark game going pretty good, and I just don't see one on here. So I'm wondering if he's gone watermarkless or what? Or am I missing it? I think I'm missing it. Or else he's just gone waterless, watermarkless. I think I remember talking about this, so maybe I talked about these last week. This is the view when you come up to the castle. It's epic. This is what you see when you're coming up in the boat. It's pretty awesome. So AK-47 shooters, the dude who made all these giant guns out of pallet wood. There's a bunch of them right there. He's got the, uh, let's see, he's got two Thompsons, two Tommy guns. He's got an old Red Ryder BB gun here. This is an M16 and then a, uh, a Mossberg. And then he's also got a Draco. So he decided the room he's got him in had this big freezer in it. So he painted his freezer to look like a big um, ammo can, effectively, and put a big stencil in there. Pretty cool. Now, uh, Mike Pannone here in Tucson is, uh, posts quite a bit of stuff about his uh, training and has conversations with people who have you know, either issues or compliments about his training styles or his, his uh, techniques and that kind of stuff. And this is from Ben Stoger, 
who offers um, these little cardboard cutouts in their, oh, I don't know if it says somewhere the scale, but these are specific scale of the cardboard cutouts. And the idea is you put these things up on your wall or someplace around. And when you're doing dry practice, these things are the scale that you'd see. These are the same size that you'd see if they were you know, 50 yards away or 100 yards away or something. So they give you the precise size, but also the shape and everything so that you get some visual memory or visual repetition in for you know the silhouettes that you'd be seeing typically on a uh, competition range or on training ranges. This one is uh, from ReadyMan. This is a pretty cool channel to uh, follow if you're interested in kind of being prepared, uh, but in a broad sense, way more than just prepping for sure. So this one's more of a mindset thing. It says, I'd rather prep 10 years too early than 10 minutes too late. And just makes you think, you know. Uh, going on to the next one. This one's from uh, Firearms Policy Coalition. They bring in about a million dollars a year, um, something like that. The Gun Arts America and Second Amendment Foundation are about the same size. I forgot, like $12 million a year. No, not that much. $10 million a year, probably 12, maybe now. You got the one in Colorado that nobody talks about, bragging about $16 million a year. And then you've got NRA at $245 million a year, running just amazing amount of stuff or an incredible amount of stuff behind the scenes. So gun policy out there, as many lawsuits as anybody. And I don't know, as, as much or more presence, at least on Instagram, than anybody else. And probably, well, they'd actually, they've changed their presence on YouTube. But if you count all the individuals involved with FPC, I think they've got a pretty decent, they've had pretty decent coverage on YouTube. So this is one of their memes, I guess. And it's the uh, one from the office. The disarmament regime is doubling all donations to anti-rights gun control organizations today. You should counter their agenda by no donating to the FPC. So it was Giving Tuesday, and they wanted you to know that the Bloomberg was given it was was matching everybody's donations to the anti-gun groups. So effectively, Bloomberg was paying people to give the gun control groups their contact information, and they were paying the Bloomberg to give them their information. So it's kind of sad. So Bloomberg was using a scam to get people to contact the anti-gunners. It's pretty smart, especially when you know that he's what's somewhere between like the fourth, what was he, the fourth, 14th? Let's go find out how rich Bloomberg is. How rich is Bloomberg? So just how rich, that's from 2020. Looks like I've already looked at that link. So let's click on the Bloomberg billionaires list. And we've got Bloomberg at, oh, he's losing money. He's losing money. Uh-oh, where is he? Where is he? What? Is he at the top now? Where is the Bloomberg? Did he get divorced or something? Mark Zuckerberg is 27th. 
Wow. Wow. Bloomberg is no longer the 14th richest person on the planet, I guess. Where is Bloomberg? That's interesting. He's not even on the list now. That's weird. How did Bloomberg just completely get off the list of billionaires? So, Warren Buffett, Brian DeCourt. Yeah, he's not even on here. Makes no sense. I'm going to do a search. Boom. So it's going to find a bunch at the top of the page as it indexes in. And then it goes all the way to the bottom of the page. They don't even have his name on here. How messed up is that? Here's Michael Bloomberg net worth. So according to this, his net worth is 70 billion. And then according to this, 70 billion would put him at the 13th richest person. So I wonder why he's not on this list. All right, well, so now we know that uh, as of this writing, he is the 12th wealthiest person on the planet and the eighth richest person in the United States. Okay, so 12th wealthiest person on the planet creates a list of billionaires and doesn't put himself on the list of the richest people. It's his business, whatever. So uh, Bloomberg, who's got more money than everybody except 12 people on this planet, more money than 12 people on this planet, matched everybody who wanted to give to the what's-her-face, his lady from Monsanto that he hired. So that's a massive scam. And then uh, now we've got um, FBC over here, barely making a million dollars a year, putting all these words up there trying to get people to... You know, donate to their their projects. Uh, I hope they got some, but I don't know. If, you know, I hope I don't know. Put that in scale. Um, I don't know which one you're talking about. If you're talking about uh, Bloomberg, he already ran for president. I'm gonna say hey to everybody who's joining in live. I guess I didn't do that before. Sorry about that. Woods is out there. First one to say hey. DJ jumping in. I think uh, Barbecue sent a bunch of people over from his show, so thanks for that. G23 was out there early as well. Uh, Chicago Mike uh, saying, hey, good evening. Uh, Jacob, talking about that package. Thanks. Uh, Roy, we're trading some patches. Uh, Roy is out there as well. Tim S., thanks everybody for joining us. And if I'm missing anybody else, I would know because you're not saying nothing in the live chat. So, again, the idea would be to run this show for multiple hours and try to get some co-hosts in here again, but uh, it's kind of tough sometimes at midnight. Um, let's see, the next one, oh, there's Sarge saying, hey, are you working or are you just off today or something? It's pretty late on that side of the country. Oh, Tara's out there as well. 
Um, G23 is talking about how a county judge ordered it stopped until the 13th. So Oregon had some news today that the portions of their goofiness as being, uh, what do they call that? The uh, injunction had been approved or something. So firearms policy on the same day last Tuesday on Giving Tuesday, also saying the same message, donate now to help us keep up with the anti-gun zealots this Giving Tuesday because uh, mom's demand is saying that uh, get the, this Giving Tuesday, double your impact to help support our work to end gun violence. Donate your gift will be matched by Michael Bloomberg through December 5th. So, uh, you know, the end of, or no, wait, that was after Thanksgiving. So the end of thing, and the end of November, all the way through December, through December 5th, uh, they raised a bunch of money. We've got the uh, Virginia Citizens Defense League posting uh, their um, newsletter. And uh, this was sent out on November 29th, and that was the Memorial Day for Ed Levine. Um, he passed unexpectedly at 60 years old, and Ed Levine was their uh, media guy and a big part of the Virginia Citizens Defense League. Um, I've mentioned VCDL quite a bit. Uh, they're definitely one of the uh, top level, state level organizations we've got out there fighting the fight. Um, and so their newsletter is pretty interesting and they uh, post the newsletter and then post on Instagram and probably other platforms to let folks know that the newsletter went out. So. Uh, you know, just the necessary steps that are the professionalism of a decent. Yes, we got another mouse. Been mouse hunting. That one's not going down. Get out of there. Get out of there. You don't have to have any business in there. Get out of there. That's how it's going to be. If you were a cat, you'd be better off. Okay. So, uh, freaking mouse. Imagine, like, uh, you ever get, like, lettuce or spinach or something in one of these, like, things that are about the size of a shoebox, or like an injection or a vacuum-molded plastic sheet that they turn into, like, a little disposable bin, and you get your you know, your greens in there at the store. So 
when I get stuff in those, I just cut a little hole in the side. It's effectively the size of a shoebox, and then put a mouse trap in there, and then you know it gives the mouse a place to go into, and then it's just effective, you know, throwing that stuff out anyway. Well, this effort got in there, got got that mouse trap somehow out of it. I think jumping all up and down, and then uh, had the mouse trap out on the ground, out of that little contraption, and then got himself out of there. So it's probably a rat or something big. But uh, that's all right. We'll keep fighting. We'll keep fighting them. I have to keep the doors open once in a while, and I think that's when they run in here, little fuckers. So uh, that's my. I, I insist on keeping my cheese collection out. I do not like to keep my cheeses put up i believe it makes the cheese sweat too much and they invite some mice in here what can i do it's a never-ending fight all right so i think i was talking about the uh virginia citizens defense league being so good it was also giving tuesday so you're going to hear a bunch about organizations that are worth offering uh resources to uh wheels chairs uh, for Warriors is uh, just one of the organizations that are out there doing good work for those that are differently abled. Obviously, people who are veterans can get messed up, but, you know, things can happen just in vehicles and uh, ladders and just all kinds of accidents. So uh, folks that are uh, differently abled are often, I don't know, just kind of everybody assumes that they're good to go, that they got everything taken care for. So uh, having organizations that are out there the champion for rights and awareness and uh, again, normalization and just uh, overall normalization, I guess, is a good thing. So uh, wheelchairs for warriors, if you're interested. I know it's after the fact, but I'm still gonna be putting a lot of these in there. Uh, AZ Guns is another gun shop here in Arizona that I'm a fan of, this guy's army. So uh, you know, a lot of people in the gun industry are Marines. So it's good to see people from army in there um, they don't make a big deal about it in the shop, but they, I've meant, they've mentioned it, so I know. But um, I just thought they've always been cool as I've been following the gun shops in Arizona. Some of them, you know how gun shops are. Some gun shops, the guy's like, oh, I'm going to make a couple of bucks selling guns. Some people are like, oh, I need to get an FFL so I can get cheap stuff and I'll also be a gun shop. Some people, I guess, just think it's going to be lucrative. A lot of them come and go when there's fads or trends or uh, shortages. Uh, when the AR-15s became a big deal in like 2015, you know, a lot of them uh, um, uh, kind of came and went because they became like AR-15 specific stores and they figured out that, you know, the rush for AR-15s didn't last forever. What's Goob Goldberg? I don't know who that is. Um, so anyway, this is a cool gun shop and they've been, I've been following them for a while. So they have changed their location. They've increased locations or added locations, I guess, and then, uh, changed the shop around and moved a couple of times. And I just thought this was a cool shot so I could talk about them a little bit. And then also, uh, chat up the, uh, what are those savage? I think those colored, uh, 22 bolt actions are just cool. I think that should be more champion. There needs to be some kind of uh, postal matches with single shot 22s, especially the little tiny ones, because I just think they look cool. They're like the NAA 
revolvers of rifles. I mean, they're legit, they're really made, but they're a little tiny. They're kind of like uh, that Wii tactical um, little tiny AR-15. Oh, okay, that's what I thought. Yeah. Well, see, I'm just trying to do it so that I got something I don't have to touch the mouse or nothing in, but uh, in this case, it uh, got out of there. So I'm having to rethink my whole thing. It's worked successfully a few times. Another thing I'll use is like a milk carton. What is that? Like, is that a quart? I don't know how big that is, but you know, the square milk cartons. Once that's empty, I'll cut the, kind of cut a, you know, slice it, make it so it's like a garage door or something. So I can kind of flip one side up, throw the mouse trap in there, close the side up again, then it's got the little nozzle in the mouth in the milk in the milk container or whatever to jump through. Mice dig that. They go in there, they get zapped, and then you just throw the milk carton away. No, no harm, no foul. You don't have to touch a mouse ever. And you're going to be throwing those containers away anyway. So I may go back to using those because there's no way they're getting the mouse trap out of that little hole in the mouse container, you know. But the problem is. I think the reason I quit doing it is because there's these big mice or a bigger fat mouse won't get through that hole necessarily. You only catch the little mice that way. I don't have to worry about it too long. Every once in a while, I'll do the door open and one of these freaking mice jump in here though. I guess uh, I don't have enough dogs in here that are mean enough to mice to make them not come in here. All right, well, so it is uh, Tuesday still, at least on the Instagram page that we're on. And this one is from the Green Prairie Foundation. Uh, another worthy organization if you're uh, looking to offer some resources to organizations that are out there uh, doing good work. Uh, we talk about Green Bay Foundation all the time. There's plenty of units out there that have their own organizations. In this case, it's, you know, a group and, uh, you know, they're focusing on the families and the descendants of those who uh, weren't able to come back and those that came back different than they Dude, I get you're talking about the Wii Tactical getting bad comments. I still get them too. It'll happen whenever there's an article or something. I'll get them in waves. But uh, evidently, you know, when they want to go hate on something, they'll just go to whatever the first video they find or the you know most convenient in the search results. And then they certainly don't look at other comments and go like, yeah, what that guy said. They just say the exact same thing as the guy said three months ago. Because they don't really come up with new stuff. They just say stuff like, oh, catering to children. You know, like, oh, you don't understand that safety involves having a thing that's the right size for the person. You know, they just don't get it. So let's talk about Snob. He has a little puppy. And evidently, puppy, I don't know what happened, but puppy got hit by a car. And they weren't sure. So this was a week worth of being aware of it. But it's that's sad and it's the new puppy so uh having some issue with the one leg it sounds like but then it's going to be tough because i don't think i have everyone saved in here but i think long story short or spoiler alert last i heard the puppy was doing a lot better but still still concerned right like i don't think it's out of the woods but it's not dire i don't want to speak but i haven't heard anything that it's besides it's getting puppy was doing okay um this is just got hiccups this is just another uh post about that auction i don't know why i put so many in knowing that it would be a week after that i'm posting i think i put some of these in here because 
this action of clicking on the little chevron or whatever that little ribbon thing um that action you know helps the the mechanism of instagram so some of these i put in here as a deliberate thing just to help hopefully help boost the post c4 is saying that the puppies the bug and paw is starting to get better good or at least that's what you think too good all right so this just happened this weekend I really like to get up there when I can. It's frustrating to get up there when I don't have money because then I just have to go look around at stuff I can't afford to buy. But I still like to go up there because even if I got no money, I can bring like a $5 bill. And the stuff I am interested in is collectible ammo mostly or like weird stuff that nobody knows what it is. Like I'm, I'll have as much fun at a gun show if I can buy a $20 thing for $5 and sell it on eBay for $20. Uh, I'll have as much fun doing that as some people have buying a gun. So I don't mind going to a gun show without money, but in this case, I didn't even have the money to get up there. It cost me effectively a hundred bucks to drive up to Phoenix. And I just got uh, this one is a kind of scratch, but um, it's a fun show. It's the largest show this side of Tulsa, 2,500 tables. Uh, it's got the small arms review. So the SAR part of it is small arms review. It's a, it's a magazine that comes out for NFA collectors, people that like belt fed, tripod mounted stuff. Uh, the magazine is out of Vegas, so the uh, Small Arms Review Show ends up having quite a few people from Vegas. It'll have um, a massive gun show, so people come from all around California and the rest of the country sometimes. Uh, and it's just a big, fun show. There's a lot of people that show up um, year after year. I've been going whenever I can since 2000, so, I mean, I've missed probably half of them, but, you know, that means I've been to most of it, you know, half of them since 2000. And uh, yeah, it's frustrating when I can't go, but it's good to know that it's still happening and everybody had a good time. I didn't hear anything bad about the show. Another one from Ready Man is saying, is there words on this? Binding things together for repairs, creating a secure cross brace, or wrapping and bundling things up. And it's so easy to learn. All you do is wrap your object and tie a simple overhand knot just like this. Now tie another overhand knot right above that one on the same line. Take the other end of the rope and feed it through the hole in that first overhand. Now as you start to pull tension on it, the two knots are going to jam together, giving it the name the Canadian Jam Knot. And once it binds, it won't come loose until you want it by simply pulling on the knot in the opposite direction. A really useful skill in life is knowing how to cinch down a rope around objects. Whether binding things together for repairs, creating a secure cross brace, or wrapping and bundling things up, and it's so easy to learn. All you do is wrap your object and tie a simple overhand knot just like this. Now tie another overhand knot right above that one on the same line. Take the other end of the rope and feed it through the hole in that first overhand. Now as you start to pull tension on it, the two knots are going to jam together, giving it the name the Canadian Jam Knot. All right, I didn't listen to the audio, so now I'm disgusted. At first, I was like, oh, this is a nice tip. I thought it was a taut line. I'm like, oh, this is a nice tip. Like, let people know that, you know, knots are important. Now I listen to it, and this is bullshit. This is a garbage knot. First off, don't use this knot. It's not a knot. It is bullshit. No wonder it's called a Canadian knot. So you can tell it's a bad knot. And it's useless because the main rope is being killed by the other side of itself. And it's a bunch of useless knots on top of itself. So it's it's not a thought out knot at all. It's dumb. So 
you're saying you call it a 911. I would be using way other, way more knots than this one, like hitches. This is a, a job for a hitch. Whenever you've got rope rubbing against rope, my my experience is you want a hitch. You don't want knots. Knots are to tie off knot things. Anyway, so this was, I don't like the knot itself, but I like the concept. Yes, you should know how to tie knots and you should be comfortable with them. Um, knots effectively are thought out ways to use rope. Rope is important. Rope is something that's been around a long, 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 long time. People have been around using rope all that time. Trust me, people have had all the time in the world, especially sailors, to like think about knots and then experience time with knots. So thinking like knots don't matter or like who cares about a knot? It's just dumb because it's, seriously, it's like some of the simplest mechanisms we've got, some of the simplest machines we've got, and they've been thought out forever. They're not just came, they didn't just come up with knots because they got nothing else better to do. It's literally the best ways to like use, to not destroy the material that you're using to be as strong as possible. So anyway, that being said, you know, use this one if you want. It's not going to kill nothing, but it's just that it can be, um, it's, it's a not strong knot it's it's you can do math and stuff to figure out how much strength the knot has and this one has none because of it is just a piece of rope bent in half most knots are going to do something to eliminate those odds or whatever and then um bend the rope and not just pinch the rope like that but it also depends on the rope and what you're doing so if you're just doing something quick like this is backpack it doesn't really care but if you're going to go walk with that backpack you might care when that rope burns itself in half and you lost your sleeping bag or something. Um, let's see. And there's tons of good videos. So that was actually not that good of a video. I've seen lots of them that are way better. Um, so go find the style you like best and learn knots. It's actually kind of fun. It's simple to carry around a piece of string, 550 cord. Um, cords are like knives. You can, you can, hold a piece of rope and go, eh, big deal. But you can also hold a butter knife and go, eh, big deal. And then you hold a fancy out the front, you know, switchblade or a cool butterfly knife or some kind of custom knife of some sort. And you're like, oh, okay, I can see why people are into this. And it's the same kind of thing with ropes. You get yourself a kind of rope you like, and like boat rope, somebody's about to say a sailboat, like boat rope is pretty good rope because it doesn't compress. And so some ropes just lend themselves to knots. And once you start to figure out knots and don't think of it as a chore or some kind of a quiz, but think of it as math or music or something, knots become super cool. Think of like Celtic knots and stuff and think of like macrame and in art and stuff like knots can be really neat and they're super strong and they're super like their tools and their art. So yeah, play around with some ropes and play around with some knots and stuff. Uh, unless, you know, you're not interested in some of the most basic stuff out there. Let's see, there's Maggie saying there's one that we used on a sailboat. I don't remember the name, but it's good because however tight it gets or wet, slippery, it will hold, but it comes out easily once you bend the outside loop. That is called a bowline. And it is most important lock rope or most important knot out there probably is the bowline. Bowline. Uh, it's the rabbit in the hole. But, um, you know. There's some other ones that are super useful too, but I believe you're talking about a bowling. So next is Ron Wayne, um, who just sent us some patches, sent me some patches, thank you for that. Um, and he's showing off some of his patch panel. Got uh, Tony Simon, got Aegis, got Def Defense Distributed, 
that we tactical we were just talking about little tiny american flag i don't know what this one is pwedc prison something edc uh then a clover attack one a 2a edu i didn't know there was 2a edu patches and then a gun warehouse that's from barbecue maybe gun tube the first model gun tube gen one gun tube and then uh flying rich a bwe a wolverine one i don't know what that one on the right is we're missing some on the right another 2a edu another crump crump wearing a black swan shirt a dld the gen 2 gun tube i believe that's a remington another 2a edu that was an allen anchor out of time a meti uh, and then a bunch at the end there so that's a pretty decent patch battle and a good kind of reveal uh, Green Bay Foundation on December 1, 1989, the U.S. Army Special Operations Command uh, was activated as a major army command. These special operations forces have been America's spearhead for unconventional warfare for more than 30 years. So basically what we're talking about is uh, you had your, what, I guess it started out with the army that's all you really needed and then the navy people were like really weird so we gave the navy their own thing and then the marines were like we insist on being different than the navy i guess i don't know how that went down and then the air force eventually you know we created airplanes and the army was taking care of that and then the air force was like oh no we gotta be by ourselves plus they were weird so the army kicked them out so now there's army air force and navy right somewhere in there the coast guard got all mad and they became the coast guard so now we've got Army, Navy, Air Force, right? Army, Navy, Air Force, Marines, and then the Coast Guard too, right? Like, and then a bunch of units who were better and, you know, were like, you know what? We're not going to be big Army anymore. We're going to put some yellow on our sit, some gold, and we'll just fall outside the big Army. We'll just report directly to generals and do our thing. And those were called special operations and each branch had their own special operations and there was different special operations for different things uh, and then somewhere in the 80s uh, i guess somewhere in the 80s uh, the different special operations had problems and issues and this and that and the other thing and things started to figure out so i guess in 1989 everybody always you know or somebody decided and everybody agreed and instead of doing all this stuff as super secret and like making it a logistical nightmare to deal with each other and operate together or waste each other's time or everybody's time doing stuff repetitively why don't we create a special operations command so now there are army navy air force marines coast guard and socom remember hearing about socom special operations command right so that was started in 1989 so what is that? Army, Navy, Air Force, Marines, Coast Guard, SOCOM, and then now, what's his face made? Space Force. So we technically have seven commands under the U.S. military. So just an FYI, a lot of people blow this stuff off because they don't care about it or don't know about it. And uh, since it's an opportunity to talk about it, let's talk about it. Because it's not just for shits and giggles. This has changed the way that we have wars. We, we had times in the planet where there was still 
uh, growth of political boundaries and dispute over who owned land. And that's where World War I, let's say that era and before, who owned what and who was what country. And then you got some disruption about what political structure is going to be in what countries. And you got World War II. Then you pretty much have solid what political structures are going to be and where the political boundaries are going to be. But you get a little bit of like, well, let me kill the other one type of stuff. And then you got Vietnam, Korea and the, and the Cold War. Once that's over and everybody's like, yeah, mutually assured destruction, let's not kill everybody. The planet's pretty good. There's some ways out of this. We've pretty much talked our way out of a World War III. So, you know, let's 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 accomplish some ways to relieve pressure and let's take out bad people, dozens of people at a time, tens of people at a time, instead of battalions and and platoons and, and whatnot. So if you look at those wars, we had you know, we had major armies moving against each other, wars of attrition, send lines of people to murder each other and just just destroy generations of the planet. Wars of attrition. We changed to more of a specific uh, strategic, uh, strategic or surgical maneuvers to take out individuals. Sometimes we'd have to go in and take out a neighborhood or block down a neighborhood and search out the person with technology and with, with uh, um, intelligence and, and technology that allows us to surveil. We've been able to determine where people are at specific times and send in individuals sometimes, units of you know less than 10 people uh, with immense backup to take out individuals. And when you can take out individuals, you change a battlefield, you change the playing field to they're never going to catch us because they're never going to take out a city full of innocence to 10 minutes ago, I was minding my business and now I'm a prisoner or dead. And that changes people's interest in becoming a casual rapist, murderer, killer stuff. And that stuff is overlooked when people want to generalize, you know, blah, blah, blah. It's all this and that. And the other thing, you know, do you spend $10 million on an airplane and a missile so that you can send 10 people in and comfortably take one person out? Or do you spend $10 million saying sorry for taking out a village to kill that one person? If you don't agree that that one person needs to go out, that you know you don't need to fight bad people, then that's a different discussion. But when we talk about the changing role of the military and the way that we use it, infinitely interesting. And all of this stuff is available. Back in the day, if you wanted to learn how this stuff went down, in Nam or uh, Korea or something, you had to go drink beers and get very drunk with people who lived it. And then you get the experience of that individual. Now you can talk to or have listen to conversations that are hours long with people at every level of, well, not every level, but many levels of the of the situation. It's a, it's a really interesting time to be around and, and aware of what's been happening in our military, which is uh, obviously a, a facet of what's happened or a slice of what's happened on the global scale with uh, you know violent military interactions. Trying to keep up with it all. I mean, I can't even imagine trying to keep up with all the skirmishes and the, the wars and stuff, not even including the, the giant, uh, you know, Ukraine type of shit or, you know, larger scale shit. Oh, prison wallet, thanks. What the hell happened here? Going into uh, 
before there was a building, a throwback to the Pima Air and Space Museum. So out here in Arizona, there's the Davis Mothin Air Force Base. And for whatever reason, I forget the reasons when they decided to mothball, probably at the end of Vietnam, they just decided instead of destroying all these planes, why don't we just put them somewhere? Maybe it was the end of Korea. I don't know. At the end of World War II even, I don't know. I forget. But it's at the end of some point, they decided instead of just destroying all the old planes, let's just put them somewhere. They looked around, where should we put them? They put them in other places, but a chunk of them are here in Arizona. I could launch a giant bottle rocket and hit them from my place. I live very close to these planes. So um, these things are, there's just like miles and miles of a hard surface, this stuff that's called caliche. It's effectively natural concrete and it's all flat. This used to be a very shallow ocean or something. And this created a real calcium rich like thing. And it makes it difficult to put a basement in here, but it's uh, perfect for storing the world's third largest air force. So if you count all the airplanes that we've got there, it's only smaller than Russia and our air forces. We have a shit ton of airplanes out here. And then next to it, adjacent to it is the Air Force Museum. And that was built, oh, I'm trying to remember, but when it was first built, all it was was this, basically effectively a junkyard of old airplanes that were just left in the desert and you could just walk around, I think, because there's a car sitting next to them. So I guess you could just drive up and look at these old planes. I'm assuming you could probably just jump in them if you wanted. So super cool. And now of course it's better than that. There's a bunch of buildings inside the buildings or airplanes. They keep adding more buildings all the time. And uh, yeah, just neat to see uh, when a museum or in this case, well, in this case museum, but you know, when, when entities keep their archives, when they keep their photographs and stuff, it's super cool to be able to do this. And what's neat is that's the parking lot is all under um, solar panels now. So it's been a while since I've been there. This is a missile. I always thought it was a, I thought it was a Titan the first time I saw it, but that's super cool. They have a missile that you walk past on the way in. Um, you can bring dogs in this place. If you ever come to Arizona, you want to walk around the, air, the airplane museum, uh, you can bring dogs in there. So my Doberman has peed on a MIG. I always like to talk about that. Uh, let's see. So next up is uh, Cape Gunworks posting this one. Uh, kind of a thank you for the year type of video, just posting a bunch of pictures of their staff and then the different, I don't know, events and things that they had go on throughout the year, I guess. They're calling it a video yearbook. Cool to see. And I think they've got like 30 people on the staff. So I imagine there's all kinds of adventures and stories and whatnot that go on at the shop and the range. Plus the food cart and the uh, delivery now. So there's probably all kinds of stuff happening all the time, actually. The website's a big deal, so they're constantly shipping stuff. They probably have a pretty big shipping department. And to supply all that, they probably got a big, what's like, what do they call the opposite of shipping? The in the income, the part that takes in processing, whatever that would be called. Um, let's see, so then FOSS posted an Every Second Matters thing with one of his lightsabers and a revolver. Um, I don't know if I'm allowed to play this. Elegant weapon, but a more civilized thing. So two points if you know what that quote is, if you could hear it. Oh, let's see. So 
DJ saying, if you were a Navy recruit who grew up on a cowboy boots and wait, if you were a Navy recruit who grew up on cowboy boots and Velcro gym shoes, you would be a few knots short of. Oh, you mean if you didn't tie your shoes and stuff like that? I think. Then you GJ say military as a scalable asset is not something a lot of people don't think about. Can't blame most of them because a bunch just don't understand the many roles in the military. Yeah, the military is huge too. So everybody's got different experiences and different roles. You know, you get somebody who goes into the military, they have a good time. They're probably going to go around telling everybody like, yeah, the military's fine. And then you get somebody who goes in and has a bad time, they're going to go around saying, no, the military sucks. So, you know, you don't even know from listening to people, you know, if they really had a bad time or not or what. Um, the planes aren't operational? That's a good question. I suspect most of them aren't because... Why would they bother? But I wouldn't be surprised if some of them are still operational. Like if there's something that's expensive or valuable, they may be keeping it operational because it would be a shame to lose it as a, you know, an art object or whatever you call it, like a piece of history. But I'm not sure. That's a good question. And there's so many planes over there now, you'd have to probably ask specifically. And something like the, well, you know, I don't know, because airplanes are so perishable, really. When you start thinking about just O-rings and valves and just things that, you know, degrade from time and without having fluid run through them or with that, that aren't lubricated or that aren't kept moist or something like that kind of stuff can start to degrade just from sitting there. Arizona makes it so that the metal doesn't rust, but... We also give it a lot of heat and a lot of sunlight. So UV can affect stuff. So I don't know. That's a good question. I bet you about a lot of the knobs and stuff, if the windows aren't painted opaque, then I'll bet you a lot of the knobs would be like just whaled on with all the infrared. Because it's not none of these airplanes are like, hey, there's a brand new airplane. Let's give it to the museum. These are like, hey, we're about to destroy this airplane. Oh, wait, before we throw that one out of service and destroy it, let's give it to the museum. And a lot of these were the first airplane that did this or the first airplane they put that on. So they've, you know, they've been in service for a while. But again, there's a lot of them over there. I have no idea what the story is on each one. Oh, receiving. Yeah, that's what it would be. Yeah, thanks. Yep, that was Obi-Wan. In the first, the real thing. I, I just watched the first Star Wars again. And it's creepy because I'm an old person and I forget that they updated Star Wars with a bunch of CGI and stuff. So I was watching Star Wars and I'm like, wait a minute. And I'd have to double check. Like, there was no way this happened in Star Wars. Like, just like robots flying around and stuff. And that stuff just didn't exist back in the day. So it'd actually be an interesting quiz to watch. Have an old person watch Star Wars, the real one, and then try to catch all the things that are now fake. Like the new, I don't know when they did this. Sometime modern, they put a bunch of new stuff in Star Wars that wasn't there originally. And I don't know, I'm sure I only caught about half of it. All right, so this one was cool. Another one from Gun Owners Action League, Massachusetts. When they find big lit signs on our shooting ranges that say no texting and shooting, then of course there's that pesky constitution. So when they find big lit signs on our shooting ranges that say no texting and shooting, Oh, okay, okay, now I get it. So it's an infographic and it says guns should be, 
Why do I get the hiccups? Let me drink some coffee over here. Why don't we take a quick quick break? We've been chatting for an hour. I've been talking for an hour. That's probably why I got hiccups. On Saturdays, Tony Simon, Clover, and I answer. Holy moly, I got a I got the hiccups extreme. Uh Clover, Tony, and I answer gun questions. AskGunQuestions.com is a website that we built back in 2007. And since then, for the last 15 years, people have been able to ask questions of simple to advanced nature, and we attempt to answer them in different ways over the years. Join us now as we start a new series to answer gun questions. I don't think I mentioned it earlier, but uh, thanks for listening. If you're joining us live and... We're going to experiment a little bit at the end of the show or when this part, this segment of the show, we're going to experiment a little bit with a thing called words or something. What's it called? Words for friends, I think. Uh, some kind of a system that you can use to uh, play a word. Uh, it's basically a Scrabble game uh, through the chat. So just stick around. You don't have to, but if you want to stick around and play, we'll be playing some words, uh, whatever it's called, after this main part of the show uh this is what i have to deal with i'm sitting here minding my business and this little dog insists on sleeping right on me so i'm not actually farting a bunch of times or sitting on a really old leather couch uh, this little potato animal is snoring right next to me here. Right. oh i guess i didn't have that full screen sorry so let me put that to full screen real quick like this is not a potato it's the baby little animal and he's just sitting here sleeping as I'm trying to do this show right now. So, again, I apologize for the fart noises. All right, I think I'm still in here. Okay, so this was an infographic from Gun Owners Action League out of Massachusetts, and it says, guns should be regulated like cars, right? Like, I guess that's some energy, that's some statement that was made probably by a politician or something it's in quotes but it doesn't post it to somebody and then it says there are only five times more licensed drivers than licensed gun owners in massachusetts so there's five times more licensed drivers in massachusetts than there are licensed gun owners so with five times more licensed gun drivers there are 374 accidental deaths from vehicles where there's been one accidental death from a firearm. So even though there's only five times more drivers, there are something like 374 times more deaths, if you want to look at it that way. Um, so their answer on the infographic is, so how about let's not? And then it says over in the text thing, when they find big lit signs on our shooting ranges that say no texting and shooting. And now I get it because they're saying guns should be regulated like cars, and they're saying you're not going to find the big signs like you have on the road that say no texting and driving. Um, warm, very warm. He's effectively like having DJ saying like a plump burrito. Yeah, kind of like a burrito. Um, yeah, or maybe like a sausage. If a sausage had legs and could roll up on you, and lay on you, and then start snoring. But uh, very warm. Yeah, I don't know how he, well, I know how he gets this much warmth because he's constantly eating as much dog food as a regular sized dog. And then I guess burning some kind of a nuclear furnace inside of him. 
uh, where the Jawas just our version of methods stealing catalytic converters. Oh, that's interesting. There was more Jawas in the Baby Yoda show. I don't know if you watched the Baby Yoda show, but they, uh, the guy who's the fake um, Boba Fett, the new Boba Fett, Mandalorian Fett, that guy, um, he fights with the Jawas a bunch of times. He jumps in there and he steals Boba Fett's armor from the Jawas. Um, I haven't decided to keep the bug because I'm still trying to find the dog's owners. So, you know, I've got one more attempt at uh, somebody who might want this dog. I had my fine, my, I had a maybe if, if nobody else, then maybe this other family would want it. But that family has at least, oh man, I think they have three pit bulls right now. So I thought, you know, last resort, maybe this would be their inside dog or something, but no. So, um, no, I consider this dog a foster for, it's definitely a dog was some lady's dog. Because every time there's a lady's voice around or listen to the movie or something, there's a lady's voice, you know, look at the screen. However, when I hang out with ladies and they say stuff at him, he acts like he has any interest in it. So it's tough for me to know for certain, but I feel like he was probably some lady's dog. And I'm guessing an old lady. Although he did fine with kids. Um, brought him over to my friend's house with some kids, and he was playing with them kids. And, yeah, I think he would have been fine with some kids, too. Uh, so let's see. This says um, this is from the Every Second Matters. So a bunch of people posted about Every Second Matters. Thanks for that. It's a campaign, it's an awareness campaign. There's really no rules. So it's just a matter of uh, the concept is that we're going to have challenges to the Second Amendment protected rights. We're gonna have uh, times when they're not challenged. And in those times when there's no real challenge, when at times when everything's looking good, we get you know, an apathy, uh, we get distracted and we just you know, live our lives. We're not constantly paranoid or constantly concerned about this stuff. It's usually the only time we really ever have to worry about it is when we're on the offense, when we're being marginalized, when we're intentionally being pushed into some sort of a weird place when they attempt to create a, you know, a weird um, perception of firearms and firearms owners. And since we had you know, figured out that kind of dynamic at the end of 2013, we thought, what can we do to just kind of keep the, the message alive? Not like some kind of thing you have to study for, but just the idea that like, you know, like the, the you know, hey, let's remember. And it's every second matters. It was a group of people that came up with it. And, uh, you know, over the years now, people have kept it going. And uh, in this case, Ozzy is a big fan of making holsters. I'm sure that's a version of, or, um, you know, that's one of his holsters there. And uh, with kind of the matching every second matters thing. Oh man, I just thought of something. I'll have to get with a couple of people, and uh, I got something in mind here now. So anyway, thanks for uh, Ozzy for posting that. Uh, similarly, Gun Toten Pacifist um, posting uh, same kind of a concept. A yellow every second matters. This time with his uh, revolver, with a speed reloader and one of the stripper clips so thanks for kind of including a bunch of stuff there and if you notice that's a seven round reloader very nice 686 plus 
who needs seven rounds of ammunitions? Uh, then we get Cape Gunworks. Um, they do uh, this old gun uh, series. Like each week, they uh, is it Russell brings out a this old gun, and uh, they shoot it often, uh, talk about it, fiddle with it. You know, kind of a gun review for used stuff and mill surf, cowboy stuff, just regular stuff too. And in this case, it's a Remington Model 81 which I don't know if I've ever seen shot before. I've definitely fiddled with these and I've seen them at the shop and stuff, but I've never taken one out. Like that's not the kind of gun we would, we wouldn't take every single gun. Out. We would take a, a gun that somebody might want to carry or something that we were concerned if it would work or not. But uh, that's not anything I don't think I've ever seen. And I don't think I've ever seen anybody with one at the range. Cause if that's something, if I'd seen somebody out shooting it, I'd have been like, Hey, you mind if I shoot around through there? You know, if it was the kind of person that would let you, and 99% of people would let you. So, um, yeah, that's uh, an interesting uh, kind of feature that they do, letting people see what these things are like to shoot them. And it's like a, what, a one-minute, or I guess this one's a five-minute video, so it's not like you got to sit there all afternoon listen to somebody's opinions about the gun. Uh, one of my friends from Instagram is down in Mexico, miniatures to a jar. Lejar? I don't know how to say that. Miniaturist Lejar? Anyhow, he's a dentist, I think, down there, and he builds little guns, and I don't think he built this one. He may have, but, I, but he appreciates little tiny guns, and this is freaking amazing. This is just such a cool little gun. Uh, whenever I get sick of 2A and just start uh, living off of the grace of my sugar mamas, I'm going to sit around making little tiny guns like this. That's all I'm going to do. That is super cool. Anyway, it uses little tiny ammos, and I, I don't have one of these, but I've seen them at the Wooten Labs before. So I've seen little tiny ammos like this. Super, super, super cool. So there's a bunch of people that'll blah, blah, blah about their stupid gun or whatever, and they don't even know that this kind of stuff is part of guns too. Little tiny, tiny guns just for the sake of having little tiny guns. And that's a little working gun. You know what I'm saying? That's a tiny little gun. Super cool. And that guy's in Mexico City. I've sent him a bunch of stuff by now. He sent me some stuff. It's pretty cool. So, and we always chat about little tiny ammos whenever I can get little tiny ammos at a gun show or something. All right. So this is from SHOT Show. Trying to copyright me. Let's see. It says, let's go. The SHOT Show experience wouldn't be what it is today without the amazing professionals who continually strive to innovate and make better business in our industry. We look forward to seeing faces of the trade at the 2023 SHOT Show. And then it goes on to have Gabriella Hoffman saying, love going to SHOT Show, appreciate you including me in this montage. Well, that's cool. I didn't know she was in there. So, yeah, I don't know. I just thought this was a bunch of just people. These, I don't know if these are people or something, and I'm just not aware. That was Gabriella, but um, she's a DC project lady. I didn't know. Are these people? Oh, that's what's his face. And they're probably people. They got shirts on. So maybe I just don't know. I kind of want that tiny little gun. Dude, tiny little guns are the way to go. I'll have to, whenever I get time again, I'll do a video on all my little tiny guns. But tiny guns are amazing. So Suzanne Myers, or Susan Myers, is um, one of the DC Project delegates. She was... Uh, Crabby Turtle videoed her at uh, the 
Supreme Court building this year during their trip uh, in their rally there in DC. And uh, since then I've been following on the Instagrams. She says, um, this is a post where it says in the post, we are the Missouri legislators willing to fight for my right to carry for personal protection. Oh wait, where are the personal, where are the Missouri legislators willing to fight for my right to carry for personal protection? Question mark. And then it says gun-free zones have got to go. So if you remember the different ladies talking, Susan was the one who did the chant, gun-free zones have got to go. So uh, her comment here is, let's go, Missouri legislature. You can do so much better, and you should want to. Gun-free zones make easy targets of women who would otherwise arm themselves. Having realized that no one will ever be in a better position to come to their aid than themselves. Stop allowing Missouri statute to disarm in the name of safety when it's what actually is doing us is putting what it's actually doing is putting us in greater danger. We had the Supreme Court case spell out this pretty damn clear, pretty darn clear. She says most gun-free zones are a violation of rights. They've got to go. So this is again another voice, another lady out there who is bringing the message directly to legislatures, getting her time and her own money to uh, get herself to. Uh, the state level and the national level uh, to bring this message and it's changing we're seeing the uh, opposition we're seeing the anti-individual rights side you know we talked about bloomberg earlier you know they're doing different strategies they're now coming up with the fake terms gun safety to obscure their messaging or to create you know to, to focus their messaging against uh, what is working uh, legislate uh, it is educate over legislate is working, and uh, Susan is a is an example and a, a part of that whole part or that whole dynamic. Uh, another part would be um, the ladies from uh, Girl in a Gun. Unfortunately, they don't take my advice and do the celebrating a birth month, so they're saying birth, happy birthday to Juliana Crowder. I mean, it's good for me because I do the DC or do the uh, Minuteman University project, and it's fun to know what people's, you know, stats are. So, you know, I like to eventually think that I'll be able to put something together like baseball cards for two A, and have you know as many people included as possible. So it's nice to know people's birthdays for that. But I'd be just as happy not having that information and just knowing that you know December is Juliana's birth month, or you know this first week in December is her birth month week. Uh, gives your friends a, a weak target, you know, a week-long target to say happy birthday on instead of having to hit that one-day target. And it just, there's no need to have that kind of personal information out there. But in either case, I'm just going to continue to harp on that message, even though it doesn't seem to fall on anybody's, falls on deaf ears. But um, it's, a, I think it's worth mentioning. But otherwise, so again, thanks to the ladies who created A Girl and a Gun, an awesome project that's giant at this point. Uh, and not just giant, but setting example for, can you imagine what the next generation of, of lady shooters are going to be like, or female shooters are going to be like? Still amazing. G23 is saying is, it's, is his birth week. Happy birthday. What are you, 23 years old now? Uh, DJ's dropping down some links. Thanks for that. All right, next up, how to gold auctions. Our friends up in the Phoenix area. Uh, collect toys. 
Uh, they do that for the Avondale Police Charities Toy Drive. There's lots of different toy drives out there. This one's uh, Avondale is the town they're in, and then the uh, police, obviously. Uh, so that's their charity. Uh, and this one, it looks like uh, that was today. Okay, I guess I couldn't mute. But um, this was today, and it looks like they grabbed a whole bunch of toys. I'm guessing they did some sort of uh, people could drop them off or something. Since they don't really have a storefront anymore, it's probably a little more difficult. So it's cool that they're continuing that tradition. I'm sure that they started it when um, uh, they had the store kind of down the street from where they're at now. So that's Dan and Cheryl. That's the dude that helps out whenever Alexander, who's been on the show a couple of times when we're doing uh, auction stuff. That's uh, the Dan and Cheryl's daughter, Casey, and then... Uh, that's the girl who has a puppy when we go down there that hangs out with Mello. And also that girl helped pet this dog on the head when this dog went up there. So two of the people in this photograph have petted this little dog before. So, okay, here's the deal. Here's what I thought. It says, come in and give these mystery ammo cans a shot. There are some pretty good gifts hidden inside. All right, so I thought this was a can full of stuff, right? And I was like, oh, okay, that's pretty cool. There's like a can full of loot, and you don't know what loot is in there. It's like a mystery ammo can. You don't know what's in there, and it's 20 bucks. So I was like, shit, that's a good deal because an ammo can can cost 20 bucks nowadays. Well, it turns out these are empty ammo cans, and you're only buying the ammo can. But some of them have a gift cert card in there. So... That's the randomness of it is some of them have a gift card in there. And I was like, oh, snap, that's a whole nother level of like chance. I get it. So they're decent ammo can. They're $20, but you got a choice. You can't open them. They got zip ties on them. So you got a chance of getting a gift card in there. And there's no way to know. A gift card is going to weigh nothing. So you know, you're never going to know which one it's in. But anyway, I thought that was kind of cool. I don't know if there's gun shops doing cool stuff like that or things that make the sh you know shopping interesting. Uh, you know, either if you're not in the mood for a ammo can, what the hell? Who can't use another ammo can for something? And like, say, 20 bucks, you know, back a few years ago, that would have been obscene. But nowadays, for a decent ammo can, I think it's totally worth it. There's a lot of folks out there who advocate for the, like, the cheap ones made in China. I can't help it. I'm going to pay 20 bucks for it. So a decent ammo can from U.S. inventory, U.S. stock. We paid good money to have that ammo can made. And they're super strong. They live through wars. All right. So it isn't the uh, 2A2, or it isn't Giving Tuesday anymore, but it is the last, or it was the last um, um, uh, shooting match for Guardian Long Range. So Guardian Long Range is a nonprofit. They do raise money for um, kids. Um, they raise money for kids that are um, in foster situations that don't have their uh, um, normal family situation going on. And they do that by having long range shooting events. And they're certainly normalizing long range marksmanship type shooting. Again, when we talk about military and kind of military surplus training, you know, getting training from the military, there's some people who just can't handle that. Like, oh no, I think everything's going to be some kind of full metal jacket situation, which is fake because then Full Metal Jacket hasn't been like that since Vietnam. So it's always been different than Full Metal Jacket recently. 
we have a fifth we just went to the 50th anniversary of all volunteer military so 50 years ago they had to yell at people they quit yelling at people a long long time ago or anywhere near as mad as they did in the movies so this military training is more of just the evolution of the refinement i guess of the tactics and things that were dabbled with back in the days when the military would learn something get good at it end the war and forget everything and then go about their business worrying about marching and cleaning stuff and wearing their uniforms the right way and then they'd go to war again and be like oh shit, how do we be a sniper again and then sometimes there was somebody still alive who was a sniper before and they'd kind of get them up to speed but otherwise they'd have to go try to re-enlist people that knew what they were doing otherwise rebuild them the manual they'd start from scratch all the time so you figure world war ii well actually world war one they do a bunch of stuff some stuff works some stuff doesn't world war ii comes along and a lot of those guys were still in but they still had to like kind of rewrite some stuff they had to learn new things but you know a lot of stuff they were refiguring it out again world war ii happens and they go okay good let's throw it all away korea happens and i'm like shit we got to figure the stuff out again and there's not that many people left from world war ii in korea so they really had to rewrite a bunch of stuff helicopters come along you know vehicles are getting better so things are changing ends you know 50 it ends 54 or whatever it ends like yeah let's forget about it for 10 years or whatever and then vietnam starts up and they're like oh shit we got to learn all this stuff so vietnam ends and they started figuring out we can't just keep throwing this stuff away. So along the way, you know, you start thinking of those special operations units and stuff. Those are the those are the beginnings of the army not throwing stuff away, the Marines not throwing stuff away. So, you know, you get this evolution. You get to the global war on terror. And at that point, the military had figured out you don't keep starting over from scratch. You keep things around, even if they're on cold storage, you keep them around. So now you have 20 years of the global war on terror and you've got the military who hadn't thrown anything away and learns from itself and that starts to refine and get just better and better so you know we're not like um a martial country that's been around for eons you know literally hundreds of years there are countries that are that old instead we're a country that's a couple of hundred years old and not even, and or what are we? Yeah, we're a couple hundred years old, not a couple of five or a hundred years old or something. So we don't have a culture, I should say, that's you know hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years old. We have a fairly new culture as far as the planet goes, and that culture has created and has surfed the technological wave, and that applies to our tactics and our um, abilities, our skill sets as well. Like the, the act of an individual versus. Uh, you know, a conscript. If you live in a communist country, I don't think you volunteer as much for the military as you just decide that's the kind of role your family needs for you or something. I don't know how it happens. So anyhow, I just think it's cool to see um, that we bring out military tactics and training into the real world for competition sometimes, and it kind of came from competition, it comes back into competition with real world application to it. But then you also get these kind of things, these competitions, these matches, uh, where they bring the elements that are fun and useful and, and, and interesting from the military training, or um, not just training, but also practice, the stuff that you practice in the military, the ways that you, the drills and stuff that you'll perform in order to maintain or hone your skill set. 
they'll take some of that stuff and apply it to these matches. So in other words, matches are just getting way more fun than shooting at bullseyes. They're applying stuff that's developing at a fast course, and it's just neat to be in a time when no matter what it is you might be interested in, you can participate as a regular person. They've normalized high-end military application of skill set. Just super cool. So look at the group of people that go to the Guardian Long Range. It's it's the same kind of people as if you had a, a band playing at the local uh, parade or something and all the people that might turn out that are family and friends of the people in that band. Or if like, uh, you know, local cars racing in a some kind of qualifying race or something. This is all the family and friends of the people involved in that race team. It's just a cool... Again, it's not just a bunch of uh, dude bros or a bunch of um, you know ex-vets or something that are uh, cosplaying it up or nothing. It's just regular old people having fun applying the cutting-edge, long-range tactical skill sets to their you know bolt-action rifles. Super neat. Ah, do it again. Um, I mentioned the pot of gold having their big auction. So this was some of the um, Millsurf rifles that were uh, at auction this last time, uh, Monday. Uh, Clover and I have been doing a um, Tuesday SHOT Show focused kind of conversation. And this happened where SHOT Show themselves is having a live q a uh, for shot show 2023 says have questions you want to ask the shot show organizing team will be hosting a special attendee webinar tomorrow at 2 p.m eastern right this is tomorrow the 7th uh, isn't that the day that'll live in infamy if i remember correctly um at 2 p.m find out everything you should to prepare in advance hear about the exciting new events happening at shot show Receive details on where to get your badge on site and more. Bring your questions and we'll make sure you have the answer. Space is limited, so reserve your spot now. And I told Clover in a little at symbol, let's chat about this tomorrow. And he did not reply to me and we did not talk about it today. So do I blame Clover? Yeah, because I added him on this. He should have remembered to mention this. But uh, let me, we'll, I'm going to see. I can't, I don't know if I'm going to be able to jump into that or not. That would be during the Cape Gunwork show. I usually like listening to that show and it is live. So I don't know. I'll try to see if I can figure out a way to do both. Maybe it is possible to watch two things live at the same time. What's this? Alan Anker is saying what about what? I figured while I was packing this one, I'd give you an idea of what some of the stuff that they might be. So I'm doing this one. They're all going to have 10 plus patches in them. Um, each one's going to get an Alnager logo patch. This one in particular is going to have a Ash Brasser Ass, Clover Dark patch, one of our Pendo uh, controllers, right? One to one scale, very cool. One of our 1989 patches, Glow in the Dark, very cool. 3D, right? Going to have our He's Going to Get You, which if you were kids in the 90s, you definitely gonna remember what that was from. I know I remember getting caught uh, by that guy, right? Going to do the Pineapple Lobo, one of our Pinup Series patches, pretty cool. We're going to do a Aqua Time, Glow in the Dark, very cool. A Over and Cumber, Glow in the Dark. One of our Send Nudes patches. 
And then finally, we're going to have one of our glow in the dark TVs and our down the barrel. These are all going to be available on the site. Pick them out. Hey, all, Eric and I are going to come. And today we're going to do. Well, first off, that's too many patches. Who needs 10 patches in a grab bag, really? But they're offering these grab bags on their website uh, according to this update. So let's type in ellenanchor.com and verify if this is actually something that is available. Oh, snap, they've updated their website. It's all fancy now. So let's go into patches, grab bags. I'll be danged. Right there, grab bag. According to this, if you were to grab a grab bag, it will have at least 10 patches and it costs only $55. So according to this, you're going to be spending as low as, or the most you'll be spending, I should say, is $5.50 a patch. So in reality, if they had 11 in there, you'd be paying quite a bit less than $5 a patch. And if they were crazy enough to put 12 in there, you'd be paying even less than like $5 a patch, way less actually. So if you're interested in free stuff that's awesome from a place that's called Allen Anchor, then I would recommend clicking on that link right there and grabbing some of these grab bags. They're 55 bucks. You'll be helping out a company in California. You'll be getting a, an assortment, a random assortment of cool patches. And technically, you could use somehow use that in a patch swap or something, maybe. So hmm, maybe we could figure out a way to send stuff to a patch swap situation. Maybe there's some kind of a pass the grab bag. I don't know. We could figure this out. So if you're interested in playing around with the internet and you're interested in patches and you're interested in good deals, then that link is the one you might want to check out. I also need more money. I agree with you. Boom, here's another link to that grab bag thing. I'm not technically getting paid to talk about the grab bag thing, but I'm a big fan of their patches and their fine patchery. So now, speaking of fine patchery, Ron Wayne, is Ron out here this evening? Ron sent us uh, sent Clover a patch. He sent me a patch too. So uh, big fan of this patch. I've seen it a couple of times. Once I held onto it, I was even more impressed. I dig it. I really like the color. It's not really red. I dig that. And then I really like the kind of zigzaggy peanut butter cup edge. I'm going to probably rip that off at some point. I just have to figure out what design to put it on. But I really dig that. It is well made. Um, and that one is... is Toxic? I think that one is Toxic Patch Co., right? I'm pretty sure it's Toxic Patch Co. Uh, let's see. Now we've got gun policy again. Their um, post from a day ago. It says the ATF pistol brace rule change is an extortion racket disguised as a safety regulation. And then it says there's millions of pistol braces in the general public. Multiply that by 200 per tax stamps and things suddenly start to add up. Demand your, sen your senators take action necessary to stop the ATF pistol brace rule change at fpcaaction.org. You know, I'm all about the concept of getting people active and whatnot. You know, I'm for that. I get it. This 
could have said, demand your senators take action and here's their phone number. Remember, we're here to keep reminding you that and here's our link. So, you know, there's other ways to do this, but here's the other thing that drives me nuts about this one. They're usually looking up somebody's natural or looking at how many veins are in their eyeball or something way too gross about their somebody's face. In this one, I don't understand why you would put one gun in a holster looking one way and then the other gun looking the other way. I just don't get it. It's so weird that it drives me nuts. So, I mean, unless you're trying to just annoy people, why not put the guns going the same way in the picture like this one? feels like to me they weren't paying attention. Uh, Gunmetal saying my budget won't allow it right now. I have a as budget allows priority list and someone who shall remain nameless as dibs. Um, right on. So uh, I totally hear that, man. I am not doing good with the budget wise. I mean, I appreciate the people who purchased up at the auctions because that definitely has made it possible to still be doing this stuff. But uh, yeah, it gets tough for all the dang time. Um, we'll see what happens as time goes on. I don't think that, uh, you know, we live in a straight line in any way, shape, or form. So as things fluctuate and as things get good or bad and as uh, people decide to do things or, um, you know, um, trends change, you know, we're going to see differences uh, in people's abilities to uh, be part of stuff. Um, and then that changes everybody's ability to buy stuff, too. So let's see. It's... Uh, Back to Cape Gun Works, and they did post something on 2A Tuesday, letting people know about the segment they do with Grace Curly Show, and they're signed for yesterday. Set. No, wait. Yeah, that was today. Uh, AR, you ready for Christmas? I thought that was a pretty good one uh, for a gun shop. Oh, I think that might be the last one. Nope, I just don't know what to click on. It's good. This one. Uh, as we alluded to earlier, uh, Gun Owners of America posted 10 hours ago that Gun Owners of America and Gun Owners Foundation uh, won a huge victory against Oregon's Measure 114. The decision halts the enforcement of both magazine restrictions and the permit requirement. More information is coming, so I don't know if G23 has heard about that. Um, so uh, pretty cool. I don't know much more about it than that either. I posted about it. Oh, man. I posted about it earlier, but um, basically just repeated this. Like, I don't, no one was discussing it. I didn't get to hear anybody talk about it live. So looking forward to hear more about that. It is effectively the 7th, right? It's tomorrow already for most people. So, uh, you know, the it is December 7th, so let's not forget that World War II started in whatever year that was. When I forget now, 44? I guess I don't know the year part, but I know that it happened on December 7th. Um, so uh, I'm in Arizona, and it was the USS Arizona at, uh, at the memorial there. So they talk about it quite a bit here. I imagine they talk about it everywhere to some extent. Uh, but even then, it is uh, worth you know, just using that as a day to remember the beginnings of that whole, you know, our introduction into the war. Uh, and then, uh, but because it's the seventh, that means it was what, one day away from Oregon's weird infringements. Well, at least turn the, them flipping the light switches on and off. 
and yelling at everybody that they were supposed to enforce it. Uh, pretty difficult to contemplate how they would enforce the craziness of it, but and I'm glad to see that they've got this uh, injunction, I guess. But if it's an injunction, I don't know if that's the right word. But um, my concern is there was a lot more to the thing. So does this, this doesn't solve anything, period. It just delays some of it. But is it some of it or is it delaying all of it? Uh, G23 is following up with this afternoon or then this afternoon, a county judge in Harney County changed everything by issuing his own temporary restraining order against the measure, putting it on hold. Like, so that means the entire measure. So um, hopefully that's what that means. And then Patriot posted a, a photo of the uh, loot that he grabbed from the last, well, I think he bought one patch swap kind of random pack. And then I think he won one. So he had a couple, maybe he won one and he bought two or he bought one and won two. I forget, but I think this is three random patch swap packs after he's traded with a bunch of people to kind of swap out to this set. And then he posted it um, with that pistol and a bunch of little bayonets that I sent him. Or he might have bought those bayonets now that I think about it. So I appreciate that as well. And again, thanks for um, posting about the patch swap. Uh, what I try to do is mention it here on the, this show, but then I'll also take these and post them over on the gear website store and our blog over there uh, to let people know the kind of stuff that people have uh, grabbed from the store and the kind of stuff that we do over there. We try to have some fun, you know, with the internet and how it works, but also um, to say thanks to the people that are, or grabbing stuff and supporting our projects uh, and also to archive you know the what's happening over at the store so if you ever want to kind of go back and look through the archives see some it's because the limit to the NDAA doesn't get to the root cause okay man. Was in the middle of talking. Uh, but if you want to go check out some of our past uh thank you posts go check them out we have a blog over at the uh, store i think it's over on the left or it used to be over on left you know what? i don't know where it is it's probably all the way at the bottom I think the new layout has it all the way at the bottom. Okay, so following up, G23 is saying, this afternoon, the county judge in Harney County changed everything by issuing his own temporary restraining order against the measure, putting it on hold. You can thank Gunners America for that. They were the only ones to file in state court. So while the federal judge did nothing to stop 114, an Oregon judge did. You might expect the state announced immediately that they would seek to undo the county judge's ruling as quickly as they could. But for right now, 114, wait, are you saying that as you might expect? Okay, I thought you meant different. So they did immediately announce that they were going to try to undo that county judge's ruling. But for right now, 114 is on ice. Based on what we saw today, that could change any minute. Oh, okay. So... It's not like there's an effective iron bar jam in the works. There's somebody stuck a branch in there, and it's not expected to last forever. Uh, Gunmetal is saying, just checked out the store. really like the new layout. It flows well. I appreciate that. Yeah, we spent, I spent some time, I think the, before the week of Thanksgiving, I spent some time getting the store set up. So let's take a look at it. 
Um, it's got a new layout, so hopefully it's easier to find stuff. The collections and the products and stuff are drop-downs from the top here now. But it's just a new layout, so you can just scroll down. And there's some sample collections there. Of course, you can dig into them. A little description of the store and what we do and why we do it. And then if I can get my mouse to catch it again, uh, you can scroll down some of the recent stuff, some of our library of stuff, some of the stuff we do for the communities online. And then again, that blog. Oh, it's, there's the blog yeah, down at the bottom. So again, thanks everybody for participating. That's uh, you know, between this and the Patreons is how we're able to focus on this kind of stuff all evening. And during the day, we build the resources that are, you know, the websites. And so this amendment... The websites and the social platforms and the projects that go out, like the calendars and the almanac and the history and the um, Miniman University, trying to keep all that stuff up to date and uh, running is the is the goal. And uh, we're able to achieve that. Again, we're not making a bunch of profit on it or any profit, but we are able to keep the lights on. And it's appreciated. Right, so this is from Gun Owners America talking about the safe storage requirements um, that are coming up. And let's talk, listen to them. The NDAA doesn't, and so this amendment to the NDAA doesn't get to the root causes of the high service member suicide rates. Instead of actually helping service members, this amendment would blame the tool rather than the root problems for causing these tragedies. Other countries like South Korea or Guyana already have tough gun control laws, and a low amount of firearm ownership. But both countries are on the list of top five countries with the highest suicide rate. This program won't reduce suicides in the military. If anything, it'll de-incentivize people from looking for help because they'll be worried they'll lose their right to defend themselves if some doctor says they're unfit to have access to their guns. The only thing this program does is create a blueprint for gun control in the future. This program empowered midwit bureaucrats like the Defense Secretary Lloyd Austin to find the best way to document how many firearms you own and how you store them so it's easier to confiscate them later. So what are we doing about all this? Same thing we did when we won last year's NDAA fight. Flood Congress with your demands that they yank this out of the NDAA. Then we carry that message personally to Capitol Hill here in Washington. And no matter who your senators and representatives are, it is useful to call them. And so this amendment to the NDAA doesn't get to the root causes of the high service member suicide rates. Instead of actually helping service members, this amendment would blame the tool rather than the root. All right. Well, I'm digging it. They give you the call to action to talk to your senators directly. You know, they give you the info that you need, the keywords, the points to address, to make your point you know, as effective and useful as possible. They give you the phone number. They show it to you on the screen there. They say it. But what the hell is the NDAA? Why do they assume we know what the NDAA is? Does anyone know what the NDAA is? So kudos to Gun Owners America, but at the same time, come on, man. Like, why don't you just say it somewhere in here? At least have hashtag whatever the hell the NDAA is. Um, but that's good info, and that is sound like uh a messed up situation and i love the idea of a call to action um we go to the range to practice our rifles let's say because what we're going to need our rifles every day no not really we need our rifles maybe in our lifetime but hopefully not right you might need your rifles 
for a competition or something, you might need your rifles while you're in a, in the service to do some kind of training or actually do something potentially once in a while. But aside from that, most people are practicing with their rifles because they want the skill set of practicing with their rifles or they enjoy what that gives them, right? The ability to use the rifle or the, to enjoy the best parts of the rifle or to really uh, compete against others or whatever it is. Why do we assume that we can one, done, one and done our politicians? Why do our politicians get the same treatment we would give something that we neglect that we would give something that we respect very little of course we might disrespect the person who goes in to exploit a position in the bureaucracy but the system itself i don't have a disdain for the concept of a bunch of free individuals living together in liberty i think it's done pretty well it's lasted through world wars it's lasted through a civil war it's lasted through a bunch of intentional uh messing around with it's a pretty strong system but um you know assuming that you can interact with it occasionally and that it's going to work perfectly for us is ridiculous we've got people like the dc project who are showing us that by participating by interacting with it to some extent um you can have influence so we have to realize that our voices matter right our value what our input is no individual light or no, it has a word. No individual drop thinks it's responsible for the flood. You can blow that off, or you can realize that things happen through contributing contribution through a bunch of people. You don't get an award. You don't pass a finish line. You don't get a pat on the back, right? So uh, that whole idea of um, calling the senators and stuff is awesome, um, and it's important. And one phone call is worth what ten or something other constituents so they they take that to heart and this concept that uh whatever the ndaa is i'm guessing it has something to do with awareness or something um it's possibly the thing that they're using to pay bloomberg back in the gun safety elements of the new uh gun control that they passed this year which was one of them was like millions and millions tens of millions billions of dollars over the next 10 years to these states that are going to do weird stuff. So this might be one of the consequences of that weird stuff. But yeah, taking away just one item from someone who's potentially at risk does nothing but make the situation more tense and more stressful. So it's ridiculous. And those are points, and it's great for GOA to uh, bring up those points and to challenge folks to make that phone call to those representatives that are ours. Right, I guess that was the last one. Um, what do people think? There's only four people watching now, so maybe I wore out the welcome here going too long. You know, this happens sometimes, especially when I'm doing the Instagram ones. I like to rant a little bit, offer my uh, editorial, my perspective, uh, use these things as like catalysts to run off in a tangent uh, to support our friends and our uh, associates out there. I don't to call it associates, really just friends of ours out there who do different things around the country to promote the normalization of guns, to promote the awareness and the fun of guns, the uh, immense history and complicated nature of them, how they fit together as machines and how to use them and how uh, society deals with them and interacts with them and how we can 
have fun with that and how we can stay motivated and how we can work together. Instagram's good for all of that. And uh, yeah, looks like everybody's fading out. So I'm guessing nobody wants to play Scrabble words or whatever it's called. Um, maybe we'll play a little bit of that tomorrow after the um, after the tactical quiz. So maybe it's a little bit more appropriate tomorrow. Today feels like a Wednesday because the auction started on Monday and the auctions are normally Tuesdays. So my week's been really weird having an auction on both Monday and today when normally they're just today. So I kind of feel like it's already Wednesday. But anyway. It is late, and we do attempt to do these shows, um, like I mentioned before, uh, long format, every night with a goal. Tonight's goal was to uh, talk about 2A. The way I've been doing that the last couple of weeks is by heading over to the Instagram platform, kind of crossing the stream, so to speak, or cross-pollinating the uh, people who use the one platform that's mostly... Well, the people that use our YouTube, at least, I would say it's not just, it's interactive, but uh, it's participatory, but it's not uh, participatory with cameras. It's participatory with words immediately, because most of my stuff we do here is live. Um, so it's people that are able and willing and interested to hang out and have these like virtual conversations or virtual yeah, discussions where Instagram is more of a whole bunch of people with cameras sharing pictures with each other. So there's a heck of a lot more people who are posting with each other on Instagram than there are people with cameras on YouTube. Does that make sense? So there's very few people who actually have cameras and post videos back and forth with each other on YouTube compared to the number of people that are on Instagram because it's that most people on Instagram are doing it on their phone. So it's no big deal to, to use pictures. And it's pretty easy to take a picture and repost it on Instagram, which really doesn't get happen very often on YouTube. So there are different platforms. They're used differently, and the conversations are very different, actually. Um, probably because of the people who are using them and the way that they use them. There's really no way to archive too much on Instagram. There's no point to try to create a series that's going to be useful for people over time on Instagram because it would just get lost in the feed. It's possible to link someone directly to something on Instagram, but effectively the only way to find it is to scroll through your feed. So someone with a feed that might be a couple of years long with an active channel with a lot of posts, you have buried that information in Instagram somewhere. And it's almost useless because nothing indexes or nothing goes in and searches for stuff on Instagram, at least nothing like a major search engine. In fact, it ignores that stuff. So anyway, there's some uh, some issues there. But that will uh, wrap this one up and uh, say thanks to the people that joined us live. And we will... Oh, wait a minute. No, see, I'm also thinking it's Wednesday. I'm like, wait a minute, the mouse party. Mouse party will be tomorrow. Tonight, there is nothing. Um, I don't think there's anything after this. Let me go. No. Uh, so thanks again for joining us. If you, uh, no, there's nothing left about that. Just thanks for joining us. Tonight's episode Photo Finish.
Hey, did you know that you could help support our future projects and let everyone know you're a fan of what we do? Check out our print-on-demand store. We have a tab here on YouTube. When you click on it, you can choose from a bunch of different items. We have shirts and posters and coffee mugs. Click on the one you like. When you find the design you want to put on it, choose a color and a size if it's appropriate. And when you purchase these items, a portion goes to help fund our future projects. We really do appreciate your support. You get some cool stuff. When you get that stuff, post pictures here and on other platforms, and we'll hook you up next time you order from our gear website store. Thank you for your support of gunwebsites.com. for supporting our projects if you'd like to buy us a cup of coffee check out our patreon channel the guys and gals at gunwebsites.com encourage you to take a ccw class every year practice at least once a month and carry every day thank you for watching gunwebsites.com do 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 do